Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. My name is Christian. Me and Rob, we're going to take turns today breaking down some week 13 waiver wire considerations that you need to make. Before we get into that, of course, I want to start off and say that there will be timestamps down in the description below to save you some time and leave a comment. Now more than ever, it is important to get your picks right because the games you win now, we're going to decide whether or not you get a buy, whether or not you win in division, whether or not you even make playoffs at all. Um, of course, you guys already know this. You're smart people. I don't mean to talk down to you, but it's always that nice reminder, that little bit of extra motivation. But I got a little bit separate question for you guys is uh, I was looking at it today. I spent so much time obsessing over my fantasy teams. Are they going to make playoffs? How are they going to make playoffs? What are the standings? Am I going to get a divisional win? Am I going to uh, get a buy? Whatever. Just obsessing over it. It actually occurred to me, have I even been paying attention to the NFL standings? So I stopped and was looking at, hey, what are the Vikings odds? Because I'm a Vikings fan. What are the odds that they get a buy. What are the odds that they're one of the top teams they win their division? It's very much possible, but it's not terribly likely. So I want to know who are you guys' favorite teams? Who are you rooting for? And what do you think the odds are that they win their division or how things are going? Of course, 49ers, Patriots fan, things are going pretty well for you guys. But let's get into the fantasy. We'll just hop right into our first few players. So head into week 13, you're looking for a running back there. Some running backs you might be able to consider. Uh, one guy to look at is Bo Scarborough, the running back for the Detroit Lions, who's 57% available out there. So when you consider some of the running backs you could pick up that may have value, you think about Jonathan Williams, he looked good, obviously. Uh, maybe Benny Snell is the guy for you. Had a good week there. Uh, James Conner can miss more time. But when you look at a lot of running back situations out there, if you're right now desperate to try to find a running back, and you look at running back situations like Jonathan Williams, Benny Snell, um, a lot of those situations are what I would call arduous, and they're full of risk. And the reason why a lot of them are starting temporarily, but there's starters ahead of them that are due back any moment now, any week. But if you look in Bo's case, uh, Kerryon Johnson's on the IR. He's not coming back. The other backs like Ty Johnson, McKissick, they've ran the ball. They haven't looked effective at all. In fact, they've struggled quite a bit running the ball there. So I think moving forward, this guy could be not just a plug-in, but he's a guy that for the next you know two, three, four weeks is a guy that's going to be carrying the ball and be the lead back there. So I think he's got a little bit of long-term value, maybe not next year, but certainly this season for you if you need a running back, if you're desperate, injuries, whatnot. Now, the second-year running back out of Alabama was activated from their practice squad. In the first week he got activated, goes out, has 14 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, really a nice surprise to everybody. He follows up this week, though, and he actually does even better. 14 carries, I'm sorry, 18 carries, 98 yards. And I just think he was uh, a better running back this week. In fact, he's really been efficient and showed good production in the two weeks. He's at 4.78 yards per carry. Uh, he's a big physical back, six foot one, 235. And if you watch him, how he's built, how he plays, he runs an awful like a Leonard Fournette, or uh, probably a better comparison is Derrick Henry. Very big physical back there. This week coming up, he plays the Bears, allowing the ninth most points to running backs. Now he does have good hands, so his value is lower in PPR league scoring than standard leagues for some of you out there, especially if you're in a large leagues like 16 teams or larger. Uh, this is a guy that you can play. And I think feel pretty confident in standard leagues. Once again, Bo Scarborough. He is currently. 57% available out there for you. So first guy you need to be considering is Jonathan Williams. Jonathan Williams, if you're looking for a running back, he's the guy. Now, a lot of people don't know he is currently running back for the Colts, but he's a bit of a veteran who's just been around the NFL for a while. And he's 99% available. I love it when a guy is this highly available. And it's been a long time since I've seen a guy who's 99% available and actually has talent worth playing. Typically, when a guy is this highly available, it's not worth it. I'll say this, he's not a great long-term option, he's a short-term option. But at this point in the season, you don't need a long-term option. You're not looking for keepers, you're not looking for a guy who's going to be good for the next eight weeks. You're looking for a guy who can get you into the playoffs and have you a couple good weeks, and that's exactly what he is. Considering he's the replacement for Marlon Mack, who fractured his hand and did not play in Week 12, it's very likely he's going to miss the next couple of weeks, probably two weeks or more. 
No estimations on that. And that's what our injury update videos are for. But the fact of the matter is he's got great short-term value. And he's had production. It's funny, he comes in and you think that Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines, that they would really occupy the main role as they've been the number two and number three backs. But sure enough, what you find out is that when Marlon Mack goes down, they don't trust those guys to get the production. In fact, Jordan Wilkins has completely disappeared and doesn't hold much value to that team, hasn't really been getting any touches or snaps. Naheem Hines, they like him, he's a good tool. He's a third down change of pace back. So they're looking for, hey, other than those guys, who's going to be our replacement? It's been Jonathan Williams for sure. This guy has back-to-back -back weeks with 100-plus rush, rushing yards in each of those two games. He's looked great. In fact, he's combined for 268 yards over the last two weeks, combined rushing and receiving. So he's been fantastic. The downside is he plays the Titans, the Buccaneers, and the Saints. So that's not easy matchups. But he has so much upside. He's been producing his ability to get on the ground. I believe he had 26 carries last game. You're not going to get that much volume from a waiver wire consideration. And this is absolutely the guy you need to go get if you're looking for a guy who can get you through week to week, especially if you're a Marlon Mack owner. I mean, that's the perfect situation, the perfect handcuff replacement. So consider him. But let's move on. Let's talk about the Steelers running back situation there. I'm a guy back-to-back -back years now. I've had James Conner in a number of leagues, and uh, he's killing me. Killed me last year. I had a great season. Then at the end, he gets hurt. Uh, he's doing it again. He's in. He's out. He's in. He's out. Um, so what are we thinking about this? No one won. James Conner's banged up right now. He's always fragile. Um, if I was going to put my money on a running back that's going to replace him in the meantime, it would be Benny Snell. 96% available out there. Now, we said a few weeks ago... And that was basically this. Jalen Samuels, who's been feeling him for him, has got great hands, a great weapon in the passing game, but not very good of a peer runner. Just a 2.6 yards per carry. Uh, and because of that, he gave way to like Trey Edmonds, who got some carries. Um, but Trey Edmonds' skill set is limited. Now, rookie Ben Snell returned today from a knee injury. So he got back from an injury today. And he really saw the majority of the carries and by far was the best back on the field for Pittsburgh. He had 21 carries for 98 yards. Earlier this year, he had success too in one game. He had 17 carries for 75 yards. They really liked this kid in the preseason when they drafted him. He's got good size, 224 pounds, 5'10". On the year, he's got a 4.41 yards per carry. In the next two weeks, he faces the Browns and the Cards. Uh, and those are teams that can be run upon anyway. So uh, as far as his value, obviously his value is going to be connected to James Conner's availability. Now, James didn't practice last week. He's got a history of injuries. And I think it would be a stretch to assume he's going to play this week, coming back too soon. Like last time, he rushed back a little too early with that shoulder injury and re-aggravated it. So um, I think he's a guy that if you own James Conner, you got to handcuff him, and he's probably the guy that I would handcuff. Now, as far as uh, Jalen Samuels goes, he's still going to have some value in PPR leagues, but his usage and his value is limited, as I think now Steelers are realizing like he's not a true three-down back. Uh, you can only have him out there in passing situations. So um, the guy that I'd put my money on as far as the first and second down carries on that team is going to be um, Benny Snell. Excuse me, got a bit of a rough throat, but here. Uh, but if you're looking for a tight end, Ryan Griffin. He's probably my favorite waiver wire tight end right now. In fact, I'd say that fairly confidently because there's not a whole lot of fantastic tight ends out there. He's also 56% available. That's somewhat highly available, not too much, but enough that he's absolutely worth talking about. In four of the last six games, he's been very good, and he has had solid production. I have Evan Ingram in the league. He didn't play this week, so I had to replace him. Who would I replace him with? Ryan Griffin. I couldn't be happier. Today he had five catches uh, for 109 yards and a touchdown. He looked great. Looked very fantastic. Now, he did it against the Oakland Raiders along the fifth most fantasy points to tight end. So that's not a sort of a pick that I expect him to get 100 yards and a touchdown every week. But they just signed him for what I believe it was a three-year deal. They just signed him for a slightly long contract where they're saying, hey, we want you to come back for the next few years. They like this guy, and he's really starting to work his way into a top role there, uh, a very big, important part of that offense. 
I think coming into the year, Chris Herndon had some potential, and even the Jets saw it. They kept waiting on him and waiting on him. But eventually, far enough into the season now where we've seen that the guy there right now is Ryan Griffin, and that's probably going to be the case for the next couple of years. He's got some real upside. I like Ryan Griffin. I would definitely be taking a look at him, picking him up this week um, if you're looking for a tight end option. He's no Travis Kelsey, but you're not going to get the Travis Kelsey on the waiver wire, so sometimes you have to settle for good enough. Will Fuller, wide receiver, 37% available. Uh, picked him up in four leagues. I can't believe he was available last week. I picked him up with him on my bench. I actually started him in, in two leagues. Now, in week 13, he faces New England. New England's very self-defense. They allow the fewest points to wide receivers, so it's not a good matchup. Um, one of the best guys in that backfield for um, the defensive backfield for the Patriots is Stephon Gilmore. But I think he spent a lot of time covering Hopkins. Today, the Patriots shut down. Um, Amari Cooper had zero catches. Uh, not a good game for Amari Cooper there. But I think what that's going to do is I think a lot of attention, at least Stephon Gilmore is going to spend a lot of time shadowing Hopkins. And I think a lot of those targets are going to be pushed towards Will Fuller. Now, it's still not a great play for Will Fuller because that defense is just really good. But I think that he's going to have some value in this game. Returned from a hamstring injury on Thursday, and he had a big game, seven catches, 140 yards. And the speedster has been capable of having big games like this. In fact, him and Watson have shown that they've had a lot of rapport in the past. When those two are on the field together, it's very dangerous. Earlier this year, Fuller went on, he exploded, he had 14 catches, 217 yards, and three TDs. Just reminds us, this kid's got a lot of talent. I think it's easy to forget, he's a former first-round pick. Now, you look at uh, him and Watson, we talked about when they're on the field together and some of the numbers that they've had have been insane. Going into 2019, look at the previous couple years, when they've been on the field together, in 11 games on the field together, right? He had 11 touchdowns and 782 yards in 11 games. You project that out, that's 16 touchdowns, 1,000. 137 yards in 16 games. Really good numbers. Once again, those two together are great. I think the reason why they're a good combination is one, Will Fuller is a speedster. He stretches the field. He's very fast. Watson has got great arm strength, and his athleticism means he can buy time in the pocket and get the ball deep. And so they're a great combination. Uh, another reason why I like Will Fuller, if he stays healthy, like once again, that's the one drawback with him. He's banged up a lot. He has a lot of injuries. He's a fragile wide receiver. But on the field, he's going to see a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverage because DeAndre Hopkins is going to get that extra coverage from D-backs. So uh, Will Floyd is still basically 40% available out there. He's a guy that you should probably grab. All right, so at 23% available, you got to take a look at Kareem Hunt. Now, he doesn't have massive upside. He's not a guy who is going to be the sole starter. He's not going to unseat Chubb as the number one back. Nick Chubb, alongside Ezekiel Elliott, really is competing for that best pure runner in the NFL um, competition. And he's fantastic. Now, Chubb doesn't do a lot in the passing game. That's where Kareem Hunt comes in. We'll talk about that more in a second. But I do want to kind of clear the air and end that discussion. At least this season, maybe this offseason, a lot does happen in the offseason. But for right now, Chubb is the guy, and I have absolutely no concerns. He's been performing well. He's been great. That being said, Kareem Hunt is just amazing for these guys. I mean, as a Browns fan, as a Browns coach, player, whatever, you got to be very excited to have uh, really on most teams a starting running back. Kareem Hunt would be starting on most teams. But he comes in, he's just your third down guy. He just adds a little bit of extra talent. He comes in, replaces your pure runner, and is able to do it all. So on third and medium, you know, maybe it's third and five, whatever, you don't have to put him out there and throw the ball every time. And you don't have to show whether or not you're going to run or throw by which back is in there. He can do both. That goes a little bit against what I just said. I understand that, but Nick Chubb has been running too well for them to move away from him. But he's got a, definitely a role in this offense. He's been very fantastic. A lot of people forget that he was fourth highest scoring back in 2017. He's still very young. In fact, he had 25 touchdowns in his first 27 games. He's absolutely fantastic. That was through his first two seasons, by the way. So he's a guy you got to consider. 
I'm not going to get into the whether or not you should start him, whether or not you should sit him debate. I'm not going to go all over the place on that and talk about that right now because this is simply a waiver wire video. But he shouldn't be available in any leagues, PPR or standard, especially PPR. My PPR league, he scored 14 and 11 and 14 fantasy points in the last three games. So he's been very, very productive. Again, I'm not going to get into the start-sit information of it. He should be on. He's got too much upside. In fact, he's one injury away to Nick Chubb from being a, a just an elite fantasy back for the next few games. But definitely pick him up, roster him, and at the very least, keep him out of someone else's hands. There are still people looking for running backs at this point in the season. Ronald Jones, uh, not an exciting pick, not a sexy pick, but for you, he might win a game if you're desperate. Uh, 30% available out there. Plays the Jaguars next week, allowing the 10th most points to running backs. Now, he's had five rushing touchdowns in the last eight games. Don't try great numbers, but that's decent. Uh, and a couple weeks ago, I'd say about three to four weeks ago or five weeks ago, uh, Coach Bruce Arians came out and said that really Jones earned more carries, and he really had earned becoming the starting back. He said nothing against uh, Barber. Barber just simply hadn't looked as good as Jones. Jones should show more flash. More athleticism, more explosiveness. He's younger. He's got more upside. And so they've been giving him more carries, more touches. He's been out-touching Barber. In fact, since then, uh, since the coach made those statements publicly, Jones has out-carried Barber 11.5 carries per game to 6.5. He's out-targeted him 3.75 targets per game, or I should say catches per game, to 0.75. And so once again, the usage has gone up. The numbers there, they have committed to him. Everything that Jones has done since he entered the league, he came to the league, and one of the deficiencies in his game is he wasn't a good pass catching back, and they've worked quite a bit on that. In fact, he's shown um, some evidence he's gotten better in the passing game. In the last three games, he had 13 catches. Uh, he's simply a younger, more talented back, and he's going to get a lot of the shares and a lot of the touches moving forward. In fact, I think he's going to out-carry Barber significantly moving forward as that team begins to assess what they have going forward in 2020 season. Next three games he faces the Colts, Jags, Lions. All three of those teams can be run on. So Ronald Jones is a guy that's still pretty available out there for you if you need somebody. Once again, 30% available Ronald Jones running back for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, if you're looking for a wide receiver, go to Russell Gage at 93% available. He's got pretty high upside. Heck, last game he had 10 targets, 8 catches, and 76 yards. We're going to talk about some of those numbers being skewed a little bit. But that comes down to, I think, a bit uh, Julio Jones being banged up. He's questionable, and of course they lost Mohamed Sanu. This really has increased his role as of recently. And it was uh, really allowed him to get the volume, the 10 targets, and to show that he can turn that into 8 catches and 76 yards. So... We've seen that he can get the volume. Now, Julio Jones was banged up, and he is currently sort of a guy who's going to be on the injury list, probably marked as questionable. But he got nine, nine targets last game. As far as, and again, I'm not going to get too much into the injury information, but as far as everything that I know, it seems like Russell Wilson's going to play. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. But if he doesn't, then Gage becomes a guy with quite a bit of value. Saints do give the 13th most fantasy points to wide receivers. But last week, and I already mentioned it, 10 targets, 8 catches, 76 yards, which is really the stat to know this week about him, uh, was in a blowout loss to the Bucks, who give the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. That number's a bit skewed. I have a hard time imagining he's going to do that again unless Julio Jones is out. If Julio Jones is out, the volume alone could definitely put him in here with some pretty good numbers. But again, that very much depends. Russell, or excuse me, if Julio Jones plays... That hurts his value a little bit. I think he got a, a little bit boost in targets because Julio Jones was out for part of that game. But that's it for him. He's a guy who really could go either way. If you're looking for a wide receiver this week, he's a pickup that you could make. For me personally, I'm going to wait till after the deadline because I'm not going to pick him up, waste a waiver claim spot on a guy that may not have a whole lot of value. I think there's some other wide receivers to consider. For me, he's more of a pickup if you own Julio, Julio Jones 
and you're getting closer to that game. If it's a Saturday night and you're thinking, hey, Julio's probably not going to play, that might be the time to make that move. He should still be available. Again, he is 93% available. I have a hard time believing too many people are going to jump on him and pick him up right now. But let's move on with our next guy. He's just someone that you should consider and watch throughout this week. Sam Darnold, 63% available versus Cincinnati next week, allowing the third most points to quarterbacks. Well, if you watch Sam Darnold, he's starting to look like the first-round, third-overall pick. I think that's Jets at Vision when they drafted this guy. Last three games, he's averaged over 25 fantasy points per game. During that same stretch, he's got seven touchdown passes to only one interception. So he's really starting to figure some things out in the NFL there. Um, he doesn't have great weapons, but he's got solid weapons on that team. You look at Demarius Thomas, Robbie Anderson, uh, Jamison Crowder, running back Le'Veon Bell, who is highly active in the passing game. Now you add to that the rapport he's beginning to build with tight end Griffin there. Um, I think this is a guy that uh, you can definitely play if you need a quarterback, if you need a two-quarterback league, if you're playing daily fantasy, whatever that might be. If you don't have a top 10 or 12 quarterback in the right matchup, Sam Darnold's a guy that you can start to trust. <clears throat> so another guy you should consider is running back Tariq Cohen. Now, I'll go on record saying I've not been the biggest fan of him. I think some people like him more than I do, but he's definitely a guy to take a look at. He's 33% available. He's got a good matchup. Next week he plays the Lions. If you didn't know, they give the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I think if there was ever a week for him to break out, you'd have to expect that to be the week, wouldn't you? In his easiest matchup, you absolutely would. Now, he's also been somewhat productive over the last three weeks. He scored 13, 18, and 12 fantasy points. He's had two touchdowns in the last three weeks and six catches. So he's been productive as of recently. Again, I still don't trust him. I'm going to call him a PPR flex play. Probably not even working into a running back two. Probably not even PPR leagues just because there's so much volatility. And even when I look at his good games, they make me nervous. On the flip side, like I said about him being nervous, and I definitely think he's got some upside. When you look at like the game, he scored 18 points. He scored a touchdown. That's good, but you can't bet on scoring a touchdown every week. He also had five catches. So five of his points came from catches. That's in a PPR league. In a standard league, he holds less value. And then again, he had a season-high nine carries. That means a few things. One, season-high nine carries is very low for a season-high. So that's not a lot to get excited about, and there's certainly not the volume there for me to be too excited about him. In addition, that's a season-high, which means typically you expect him to get less than that. He may hit his season high in a game where they do give up a lot of points to running backs, but I seriously feel like he's a guy who you're kind of gambling that he's going to score a touchdown and taking advantage of that PPR boost. I don't trust him, but again, as a flex play for teams who aren't loaded, who don't have a fantastic extra option there to plug into their flex, he can be put in. I'm not going to get again, and I started already started doing it a little bit. I'm not going to dig too much into the start set. Depends on your situation. He's absolutely worth owning, right? If you're looking for a plug-and-play, a fill-in this week, I know somebody who has Marlon Mack injured, but sure enough, guess what? Jonathan Williams is already owned in that league, so then uh, Tariq Cohen may certainly be a guy to look at. He's good enough to own. The start sit thing, that is for the next video, our Tuesday video, our start sit video. So look towards that one. But again, with the upside, he's got a good matchup this week. He's a guy to definitely pick up and just keep him on your roster. Keep him else, uh, on your bench off somebody else's team, that's for sure. Nick Foles, 68% available. Next week, he plays the Buccaneers on the second most points to quarterbacks. See, for me, Nick Foles going into week 13 is the number one quarterback claim um, in terms of matchup and availability. If you're looking at those two things, one, who's widely available out there who's got a great matchup? Nick Foles is probably that guy if you need a quarterback. Um, he's also past that week. He's got a favorable schedule coming up. 
Oakland, Atlanta, weeks 15 and 16. These are great quarterback matchups. We highlighted that before. And you broke down that um, this week and weeks 15 and 16. They're the bottom third as far as pass defense goes. He's got very solid weapons. I like that. You got young rising star D.J. Chark. He's so good. You got Conley, D.D. Westbrook. And then Leonard Fournette has developed into a very good pass catching back. He's got 56 catches in 11 games. So Nick Foles is a nice stream pickup for next week and even beyond that in the playoffs. All right, so what about James Washington? He's a guy who, coming into the season, we thought was going to be the guy. We started the season, he was a major disappointment. But I think there's definitely a lot to like. Now, he's 81% available, so you could definitely throw him on your bench. I wouldn't expect him to be a starter most weeks, but there's some upside. He has 16 catches in the last four games. In the previous four games, he had just six catches. So he started off the season very slow. For the last four games, he has really stepped it up. He scored 14.5 fantasy points per game over that last four games in PPR. Last week he had just three catches. So a lot of his value, you know, I said 14 and a half points per game in PPR leagues, but not a lot of his value is really held to the the, the receptions, right? He's not a PPR stud. Um, so I think he's all around fair in both PPR and Dynasty leagues. Versus the Colts, he had four catches for 69 yards. That's 10.9 fantasy points in the PPR league. That is not a great day, um, but it's not a bad day. I mean, if you're talking about a Colts pass defense, that's actually pretty good with a pretty bad quarterback situation we'll get to in a second. That, that's not bad for a bad day. Then he had six catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown versus the Rams. That's 21 fantasy points. Um, versus Cleveland, he had three catches for 49 yards, and then he had three catches for 98 yards and a touchdown versus Cincinnati last week. He's got some huge upside, this guy does. In fact, he benefited a lot this last week from when Devlin Hodges came in to play quarterback. The fact of the matter is Mason Rudolph is not the long-term option in Pittsburgh, at least the way he's been playing. He has seriously hurt the value of that entire offense, and I feel bad saying that sort of thing because, you know, he's a human being with feelings, but the production just hasn't been there. And in fact, um, uh, Mason Rudolph went out there. He didn't throw a touchdown. Hodges did, so he could actually provide a boost. If Hodges comes in and is the start, that gives a boost to him this week. However, we go back to just two weeks ago, three catches for 49 yards versus Cleveland. That's who he plays this week coming up. He plays the Browns, who give the 10th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So again, not going to dig too much into the start set. Pick him up, uh, put him on your roster. In the right week, he can be played. He's got some really huge upside. And honestly, when Ben Roethlisberger comes back next year, that's what I'm really excited for. He's a bit of a 2020 sleeper, that's for sure. Um, but let's move on with the video. There's a lot more guys to consider. Kurt Cousins. <laughs> uh, love this guy. Obviously, I'm a Vikings fan, so that helps. He's having a good year. He is 26% available. So for a quarter of you out there, he's going to be available in your league. Versus Cincinnati, I'm sorry, versus Seattle, allowing the 12th most points to quarterbacks there. Um, it's funny how fast things change, right? So if you look at a couple weeks ago, after week four, there were people actually saying that the Vikings should go to their backup quarterback, talking about what this guy's garbage, wasted money, people are hating on him everywhere. In a lot of preseason rankings, um, I felt like a lot of people disrespected him. I couldn't believe how low they had in him. Uh, the Fantasy Pros, many other sites, Yahoo, ESPN, had him ranked as the 18th or 19th quarterback. We had him number 11 in our rankings. Um, and so the fact that he's having a good year is not surprising to us at all. In the first four weeks, we actually went out publicly and a lot of our videos said, yes, his production is lower, but a lot of that is due to what we call game script. The Vikings destroyed the Falcons and the Raiders and just didn't need to throw much. We also in those videos said a few things. We said the play action from them running the ball is so effective, right? With Gary Kubiak putting that zone blocking scheme in there, is going to begin to open things up for him in the passing game. And that's exactly what we've seen since week four. Kirk Cousins is the number one quarterback ranking from Pro Football Focus. Since week four, he's got a quarterback rating of 126.5.
He's currently first in the NFL for the entire year at a quarterback rate of 114.8. He's second in touchdown passes with 21 to only three interceptions. You have to go back to week six to where he threw an interception. Here's the beauty of it. Coming out of a bye, he should have, he should have Adam Thielen back there. So he can have one of his huge weapons back there. It's going to be huge for him. Uh, you look at Stefan Diggs. Dalvin Cook has got great hands. He's dangerous in space. Um, he's... If you look at Delvin Cook once again, we talk about how dangerous he is in space. Actually, right now, he's fourth in the league in yards per catch among running backs. Once again, when he touches that ball, uh, he's so explosive. And then as we've got Irv Smith, who's becoming a sure-handed, dangerous tight end. And of course, Kyle Rudolph has always uh, been there. He's got great weapons. Um, and this is really why, in a lot of our preseason meetings, we say don't take a quarterback early because there's always guys that you can pick up, that you can run and play, and are going to win you championships. And Kirk Cousins is one of them. Once again, for 25% of you out there, for a quarter of you, he's available. Uh, and this guy can win you a championship. So think about Kirk Cousins. What about Devontae Parker? Not only does he have an excellent schedule, weeks 13 to 16, he plays the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Jets, the New York Giants, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are all bottom third teams, allowing uh, the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. They're all allowing a lot of fantasy points. That's kind of a weird to phrase. My apologies for that. But so that's very good matchups all around. That's really nice to see. He's also got four touchdowns in the last eight weeks, so about half the time you're going to get a touchdown from him. That's good. He's got 10-plus targets in four of the last six weeks and 226 yards in the last two games. This week he plays the Eagles, allowing the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers, and he has eight straight weeks with 11.8, so essentially 12. We'll round up. Eight straight weeks with 12 fantasy points or more in PPR leagues. Not fantastic, but you want to put this guy in in good matchups as a flex player, wide receiver three. Absolutely do that. Pick this guy up, Devontae Parker. I didn't say it before, so I will throw this in there. He's 26% available. Not going to be out there for all of you guys, but definitely going to be out there for some of you. Definitely depends on your league. But he's got some value, and I love the matchups coming up. Definitely could be a good time for him. Sterling Shepard. So he's 48% available. Plays the Green Bay Packers allowing the eighth fewest points to wide receivers, but that number's a little bit deceiving there. Um, if you actually look at it, okay, they've been giving up more points to wide receivers. That stat was padded the first three weeks, and since then that defense is starting to give a little bit there. He returned from concussion protocol this week. He saw nine targets. He had five catches. That sounds pretty good, right? Only for 15 yards, not very good numbers there, but a very tough Bears defense. Now, we talked about how the Packers are struggling quite a bit. You look at the Bears, they're 10th in pass defense, but the Packers are 25th in pass defense. Uh, and those numbers are actually getting worse since week four. Those numbers have risen considerably. So I think Sterling Shepard going to next week is going to be a nice play for some of you. This guy's got some talent. Uh, he could be a legitimate wide receiver three start in fantasy. Cole Beasley. Uh, Rob said he predicted coming into this week that you should uh, play Cole Beasley over John Brown. He's absolutely right. He had a good day. Six catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. That was versus Denver, who allows the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. He still managed 19 fantasy points. There's a tough matchup. This week, they play the Dallas Cowboys, allowing the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So essentially the same difficulty of matchup, um, which he just shined in. He also has four touchdowns in the last six weeks. He's really starting to get some chemistry and really starting to kind of groove with Josh Allen, if that's the phrase you want to go with. But he's a guy who's shined in tough games. When you look back to when they played the Patriots, I believe in week four, he got 13 targets, seven catches, 75 yards. And the Patriots allow these fewest fancy points to opposing wide receivers. 
For whatever reason, teams, they focus on the number one wideout, John Brown, and Cole Beasley is able to shine against that number two guy. So I would absolutely look towards a possible plug-and-play. He's 71% available. Um, there's some risk involved for sure. But you want to plug this guy in as your wide receiver three to fill a hole that you have. Maybe if Julio Jones misses next week or whatever, boom, he could definitely be that guy. For whatever reason, it's weird, but he just steps up in tough games um, and really uses to his advantage the fact that John Brown takes a little bit more attention from defenses. Rashad Penny, 82% available. Uh, he's missed a lot of time this year due to injuries, but he returned today and he had a huge day. He goes off, he had 14 carries, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Um, it's not just because he had a big day that I think you need to look at this guy and he should be on your radar. Here's the real reason why I think you could see increased value in him in fantasy. Um, you look at Chris Carson fumble twice today. On your Chris Carson has eight fumbles, five of them he's lost. Now, one of those fumbles today that he lost, they actually uh, ended up accrediting it to Wilson. I think it would have gone either way. The bottom line, though, is that um, he's been fumbling the ball a lot. He's become fumble prone, and the one thing that coaches hate is turnovers. So running back, whether it's seven, whether it's eight, you could argue whatnot. The bottom line, he's turned the ball over, and that's just not going to sit real well with a coach. And here's the thing. Penny is a prior first-round pick, and they drafted him in the first round not to be a uh, third-down back, not just to relieve Chris Carson. They brought him in to be a guy that was going to be significant part of that offense moving forward. He's very talented. He's got a career 5.3 yards per carry. That's really solid. He's big at 220. He's got all the skill set to be a true three-down back. Now, his week-to-week -week value right now is not as stable because Chris Carson is there, and he's still very talented. He's going to get a lot of carries, um, but he's got much greater value in dynasty leagues. Either way, I think you know Rashad Penny is a guy that you need to grab and throw on your bench right now. All right, now I definitely got to talk about Miles Sanders. He's 21% available, and for his upside, you need to own him. Plays the Dolphins this week along the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. He's got 33 carries over the last three games. Over the previous three games, he had just 12 carries, so his carries have basically tripled. That's great. That, that's really huge news. And not only has carries gone up, over that same span, he's got 4.3 yards per carry. So he's also proven that he's been able to handle the increased workload. Now he's got just two touchdowns on the season, and he's averaging just 9.8 fantasy points per game. He's also very volatile, tends to disappear in some games. Um, so there's a lot of risk, a lot of reward. Put him on your roster. Own this guy. And be ready to play him. He's got some upside. He's got huge upside, in fact. The league that I own him in and the leagues that I think you should own him in, that's got to be keeper leagues. That's where he has massive value, where the potential for him to go into next year as the guy in an offense that's healthier could have some huge value. It's too high. It's through the roof for you not to own this guy. Pick him up and roster him. Again, he's got a low floor, but such a high ceiling, he should not be available in your leagues. Anthony Miller, 88% available versus the Lions next week, allowing the eighth most points to wide receivers. So uh, you look at the second-year pro last year in the preseason. He really made a lot of noise. Coaches loved him. Um, and he had what I would call as kind of an average rookie season. Um, but at times, he did show some potential. He had seven touchdowns, which is good. But I think uh, a lot of what hurt him, especially going into this year, is just really bad quarterback play. Uh, Trubinsky has not been good. I think we all know that. We've seen that. He's really struggling there. But in the last two weeks, we're seeing an increase. One in the last two weeks, he's had a total of 20 targets. He turned that into six catches for 54 yards and six catches for 77 yards. Uh, on Thanksgiving, he could sneak into some lineups as a wide receiver three slash four, depending on your league size, the depth of your bench, things like that, if you're in a 16-team league, etc. Um, what I would say for them at this point, personally, here's where I would slot him out as a guy that you should probably have on your bench. He's starting to show some potential that he showed as a rookie, but he's somebody probably more to watch or to stash on your bench. Um, I'll tell you, it's one more consistent week where you feel like, okay, we're starting to see a real uh, pattern. But once again, he's a guy who should be on your radar at this point.
Another guy just like that is Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is in an unfortunate situation where he is a fantastic wide receiver, one of my current favorite wide receivers, but he's been hurt by Dwayne Haskins. Through the first five weeks, he had five receiving touchdowns. That was with Case Keenum playing quarterback. Since then, Dwayne Haskins has taken over, and he has struggled because Dwayne Haskins has kind of sucked it up right now. Again, no offense to him, but the production just hasn't been there. However, there's some things to like. Last week, he had 12 targets. That's great news, especially when you go into this week playing the Panthers, giving up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. That's great news. That, that really is great news. There's a lot of risk playing him with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, especially considering last week they played the Lions. He got 12 targets and managed just 12 fantasy points in a PPR league. At some point, they're going to have to move on from Dwayne Haskins. It probably won't be this season. I think next year he's a great dynasty pickup. I, I, like I just said, I think next year he's going to be huge. I think he's going to have a lot of value. For right now, at least own him. Keep him off your enemy's bench, right? Keep him off your opponent's bench. And in the right matchups, if Dwayne Haskins starts to prove himself, he could be played. He's a bit risky, but I still feel like he's got to creep in there as like a wide receiver three or a flex play. You don't love his production, uh, but he's got huge upside. He's so productive. I tend to play him in a lot of leagues that I'm in. Brandon Cooks, 24% available versus Arizona, allowing the 10th most points to wide receivers out there. Uh, just like Sterling Shepard, he's finally cleared concussion protocol. He's going to return Monday night. Uh, we're retaping this Sunday night, so we haven't a chance to see how he's going to play there. Um, but they need them to come back so bad. That Rams offense is really struggling. And here's what the speedster does. He stretches the field. He's a very fast guy. Now, he stretches the field because he does that. Um, he doesn't gobble up targets. And for that reason, his value is a little bit higher in standard leagues than in his PPR. But in 25% of leagues out there, this guy you can pick up, and he's a very solid wide receiver for you. Now we've got Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson. I'm not going to talk too much about this. Again, they play the Panthers, giving up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs, but I just wouldn't. I think you got to avoid them. Darius Geis did outsnap Adrian Peterson. So when we look at that, I think you got to lean towards Darius Geis as the guy to own with a little bit more value. But they split carries down the middle. They each had 10 carries, and you know neither of them really found any success. They combined 20 carries for 59 yards. That's 2.95 yards per carry. That's what they had last game, 2.5, or excuse me, 2.95 yards per carry. That sounds bad, but it's even worse. They just played against the Detroit Lions. And I don't know if you know this, but the Lions are giving up the most fancy points to opposing running backs. That is a terrible run defense, and they still didn't get the job done, especially in a game without Matthew Stafford. You think if there was ever a time you could run the ball a lot against them, it'd be without their quarterback. You could probably play some defense, run the ball a lot, keep it low scoring, and win on field goals. Um... They struggled to do that. I don't see much fancy value in these guys, but Geist has, excuse me, wow. Darius Geist does have some keeper league value. He's got a very rough throat right now, my apologies, but continue on with this. He's got some keeper league value, some dynasty value. I'm not going to be starting him in these weeks, but if you've got a roster spot in the dynasty keeper league and you're thinking, I just want to plug a guy in there who could turn out to be a stud next year, Geis would be one of those guys, especially for you. Some people are watching this video and you may not even be playing for a championship right now. Maybe you're out of it and you're just stocking up on talent, which if you are, I tell you, watch out. I believe Wednesday is when we finally decided that's when we're going to put out our Dynasty Keeper League trade targets video. We wanted to put that out earlier, but as you can tell, I came down sick. I had a really rough, a really rough voice, even a rough throat, lost my voice, excuse me. Rob's been busy, so we kind of had to put it off. But let's continue on now with my last player that I'm going to talk about that you should consider. Debo Samuel, 34% available. 
versus the Ravens allowing the 17th most points to wide receivers. This guy is very physical after the catch. I mentioned in the last video, when I watched him, he reminded me so much of Anquin Bolden when he catches the ball there. And the last three weeks, this guy's looked unstoppable. He's earned the trust of Jimmy Garoppolo. They've got a lot of rapport there. Weeks 10 and 11, he had uh, 10 and 11 targets in those two weeks. Uh, ending in eight catches in both games. One week, he had 112 yards and one 134 yards. And then he follows it up this week with a touchdown and 50 yards. Um, he's really cemented his role in that offense. And this guy is very talented there. Um, he's the team's number two guy after Sanders. Um, He's a guy that you got to stash on your bench at this point. I don't know why uh, he's still out there in so many leagues. Once again, 34% available. You should pick this guy up. All right, so the last guy I want to talk about is Jared Goff. And I actually want to say don't consider him. When we first looked through some of the numbers, we thought, hey, maybe you should consider this guy. But we went the other way. There's been some hype where I think people think, he's Jared Goff. He's got some good wide receivers. He's getting Brandon Cooks back. Maybe I should consider him. I'm going to say no, I wouldn't consider him. Here's my breakdown for reasons why. He plays the Arizona Cardinals, who give up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. That's great. He's getting Brandon Cooks back. In two games without Brandon Cooks, he's thrown zero touchdown passes and averaged just seven fantasy points. Now, he hasn't played in Week 12. That is tomorrow. That's Monday night versus the Ravens. That's going to be a tough matchup. But all in all, he is extremely, extremely underproductive this season. Most of you would be surprised to learn this, but he is currently 21st in fantasy points among quarterbacks. He has been outscored by Daniel Jones and Gardner Minshew, two quarterbacks who haven't even started every game. It's definitely at the point where you have to realize that this has been a brutal season for Jared Goff. If you want to plug and play a high upside guy, you know, in a league that's 12 teams or bigger, absolutely do that, right? If you're looking and you need to stream a quarterback this week, you need to just plug in a guy to get by, I understand that. And if you're looking to do that in a 16-team league and you just need to get a couple of points to scrape by a win, go for it. He can be played. But I don't think he can be played and expected to be a top 10 quarterback this week. Again, he is getting Brandon Cooks back. Brandon Cooks, he was a little more productive with Brandon Cooks, but even then the numbers really weren't there. I tend to avoid him, but he is a waiver wire consideration for a few of you who are in larger leagues. And again, he does have high upside in this good matchup. You do have to remember that Jimmy Garoppolo has had two games against the Cardinals where he's thrown four touchdown passes. So again, the upside is so massive. There's just a lot of risk at this point in the season, and that's why I do tend to lean towards some other quarterbacks. Um, but maybe, maybe you're somebody who is in a situation where you need a win, and it looks like you're going to lose. I'm going to leave where that's the case. I need a win. It looks like I'm going to lose next week, by the way, not this week. Um, and that might be a risk worth taking. And that might be a shot where you say, hey, he could totally fall flat on his face, but that's okay because if he's okay, then that's not good enough, right? Where you're sitting here thinking, I need a home run or nothing, right? Go home or go hard or go home. That's what they say. Um, in that sort of situation, Jared Goff might be the quarterback to play this week. Ryan Tannehill, 74% available. Versus the Colts allowing the 12 boost points to quarterback. So not a great matchup there. But since this guy's taken over as a starter, he's averaging over 23 points per game in fantasy. He's got nine touchdown passes, only two interceptions during that same stretch. He's also had three rushing touchdowns. Uh, he's looking more and more like he's going to be the Titans quarterback in 2020. Uh, we actually sent our preseason videos, if you watch that, we said how long before we have a quarterback controversy there in Tennessee. I've kind of wondered if I'm a Titans fan, if I'm you guys there, if you're a Titans fan, um, 
Where would you be if you had him starting as your quarterback all year? Because since he's taken over, you guys are 4-1. and one. That offense looks quite a bit better. I think it's going to continue to open up running lanes for Derrick Henry. Uh, he's a guy that's played and looked really good there. And a lot of people weren't excited the way he played. But if you look back to Miami, what did the guy really have to work with Miami? Not a lot of weapons, not a great offensive line, not a great running game. He's really handicapped. And so I think he's been underrated quarterback. So here's some other guys just to consider. Some quick hitters. I'll put a bunch of guys on this one right here. Uh, A.J. Brown, 84% available. Versus the Colts next week, allowing the 13th most points to wide receivers. Now his volume's not high, but his yards per catch are really excellent. Uh, he's flashed some big playability there. He's a big receiver, six foot one, 225. Um, he's better dynasty stash than he's a week-to-week -week start. Another guy out there that you might be able to look on your team or on your league and see if he's available is Muhammad Sanu. He's 30% available. Now, he was considered a game-time decision earlier in the week. Ultimately, he did not play. He's sad. Looks like he's probably going to return in Week 13. And really, Tom Brady in that offense needs him back. They're hurting for weapons, especially at wide receiver. Before getting injured, the week before, he had 10 catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Another guy out there that's got a great matchup is D.D. Westbrook. 38% available versus Tampa Bay, allowing the most points to wide receivers. Uh, and then another guy to pick up there that you should consider is Jamal Williams. If you're looking for running back help, he is 30% available out there. Versus the Giants, allowing the 12th most points to backs. Uh, he's still continuing to see a significant role, even though Aaron Jones is having a great season. His value is much higher in PPR leagues. We see even saw tonight versus San Francisco, uh, where they fell by and had to throw the ball a lot. Jamal Williams is highly active in that passing situation there. Uh, another thing you may want to consider if you're in dynasty leagues this time of year, um, there are some guys on your bench that are in the IR. Uh, guys that aren't going to play this year, but maybe next year you could. I think about Kerryon Johnson, uh, who a lot of people thought was going to be a top 10, top 15 running back in PPR league scoring. So if you're in a dynasty league, throw him on your bench. He is 67% available. Or Lamar Miller is a guy. I'm not big on Lamar Miller, but uh, once again, throw these sort of players that are on the IR right now on your bench in dynasty leagues. Don't forget about it. You'll be glad you did. Uh, one more guy I want to throw out there for you to consider at tight end is David Njoku. Uh, sounds like he could be activated from IR coming up in week 13. Tight end is a thin position. A lot of you are hurting for tight ends, and he's a guy that could definitely help you, so keep an eye on that. Once again, the first week he came out, looked good, had a touchdown, got hurt in week two. But he's a guy that's always showed a lot of upside, a lot of potential. And I also think that Brown's offense is starting to turn a corner there and play better. We actually said that going into this week. We said, trust uh, Baker Mayfield. This guy's looking better and better, and you know if he goes out tight and has a huge game.